True Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 podcast. Memphis, 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 Nothing but Memphis. Everywhere we go, it's Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee, the beautiful land in the world. And I'm thankful for this this guy who tweeted and said I don't have that fire in my eye no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I fool people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there. Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. We are hosted and presented by Zach Jaworski State Farm, where they treat you like family. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and with me is my other host, the main dude. He's our main chick, (laughs) Ryan Meadows. What's up? Good, all right, man. Just uh, the start of actual like high school basketball practices has got me extremely busy right now um so basically i'm out on the road every day of the week now like i usually am anyways uh but now it's practice stuff so i've got boys and girls practices and i've got my son's first practice tonight so i will uh be on a basketball court basically from one o'clock to seven o'clock so the wow. grind doesn't stop. The grind doesn't stop. I like it, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually uh, coaching my kiddo again this year, and so she is seven, and so that'll be a fun time uh, for basketball. You're doing a little bit older kids. I get it, right? Okay, it's pretty much the same, though. You know, seven, yeah, seven, seventeen, whatever. Um, the same. Yeah, pretty much the same. Um, <laughs> all right. So this uh, this show, we want to talk a little bit about, you know, the game that happened last night. Um, and I want to play a game that I played in our um, – it was Memphis Wilcox, uh, the Grindhouse Grizzlies people. They always host uh, different shows. And I asked this question. And so we're going to go over a lot of the game last night uh, where the Grizzlies, they fell to the Celtics 109 to 106. It was a good all-around game. Jason Tatum went off as he always does. It seems like uh, played really well against the Grizzlies. But I want to ask a question before we get into any of the Celtic stuff. I want to talk about the Grizzlies first. Mm-hmm. All right. You watched the entire game, correct? I did. Yes. Okay. Who was the worst player on the court for the Grizzlies? <sighs> the whole Eyeball team test. or starters and bench? Everybody, eyeball test. You're watching the game. This is the worst guy on the court. Um, I would say the worst guy on the court was Santi Aldama. Okay. Um, I think he's in the top three uh, of being the worst. Uh, Santi Aldama played 18 minutes, was a minus 16. Plus and minus really doesn't mean as much, and I'll explain why in a second. This is the reason I'm going over this. Um he did have a bad game. He had one rebound, right? <laughs> we projected them to have six. Vegas, after uh, Stephen Adams went out, they put his number at eight and a half, which was crazy yeah. to me. I, I almost went under, so I was on both sides of it. Uh, <laughs> but he completely missed. Like, he had one of his worst games personally 
of the season. So, yeah, I'll give you that one. He was probably definitely top three. Uh, we're going to keep going down uh, with the stats, though. Anybody else that you want to throw out there? Well, I think the obvious candidate, which everyone's going to use every game, if he doesn't have 20 or 25, is Dylan Brooks, right? Um, and that's basically just because of the shooting numbers. I think that's why people would say that he had a really bad game. Like he was, what, four for 17 or something like that? Yeah, he was um, six- Six to 17, 0 of 4 Six from 17. Yeah. Yeah. So he's obviously going to be everyone's contender. Um, I thought David Roddy wasn't really good in the limited minutes that he had. Um, yeah, I guess I would put that as my top three, if you were okay. to say three. All right. Well, let's go down those real quick. Let's start off with David Roddy first. Four minutes and 45 seconds. He had two offensive rebounds, which gave him two total rebounds overall. And that was it. That's the only numbers in his <laughs> box score except for field goal attempts, and he had one. He was over yeah. and everything else. Uh, had a whopping minus 15 in four minutes and 45 seconds. Did not play well. I- I'd say if you had to look and say minus 15 in four minutes, 45 seconds, probably not. Probably not the best player. He probably takes the cake in the worst. Let's go to Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, plus 13. He was the second highest on the team. Yeah. Second highest. 6 of 17, 0 of 4 from deep. He did contribute with seven total rebounds, all defensively, five assists, which is weird that Dylan Brooks is assisting now. He did file the game, <laughs> you know, with another, yeah, he had one turnover, so it wasn't anything bad nothing on that stat sheet outside of the 17 field goal attempts except for maybe going over four from d but 17 field goal attempts is obviously not ideal because bain took 15 total jaw took 24 so i i don't know if he was the best player but i know i watched the game and i thought he sucked a lot of it personally yeah so so yeah. you tell me and i have my opinion you tell me why box scores or plus minuses lie sometimes. Because it's all about context, right? Like for Roddy specifically, he just happened to coincide with the Celtics 18-0 run. Like <laughs> he it didn't get a chance. By the way. Yeah. Okay. Was it 21? Yeah. Uh, I stopped counting after 18 <laughs> when it was up nine to down nine. And then the Grizzlies took the timeout. It kept going. But uh That's the context that you can kind of miss, right? And you can also apply that context to Dylan, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we gave up a lead while Dylan was out. Maybe you can say that. But we were down 11 or 12 before the Grizzlies made that final push in the fourth before he fouled out, right? So, Mm -hmm. realistically, you would probably say that Dylan was really like a plus four or five in the game. But with that late push at the end, it's plus 13 because he's just part of that rotation that made that push. So I think plus minus is interesting. I, I'm, I really like box plus minus stuff um, and analytics. And I know there's faults to it and everybody can point to anything. There's no analytic marker that's perfect. And plus minus is probably the least perfect out of all of them. Um, but if you have the context of it, I think that is important um, because while Roddy looked really bad, 
he just gets that one stint where the Celtics are just on fire. And he doesn't yeah. get another stint. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't wrong to not bring Roddy back. I've been kind of saying, why is Roddy playing in the first place? I mean, he's playing right now because out of necessity, right? You just don't have enough bodies. Um, but Santee was the one that's like the plus minus, whatever he was on that. I don't know if you already mentioned it already. Um, like uh-huh. that one's warm. That one's warranted to me. <laughs> yeah. Like he was just not good. And his box plus minus uh, probably backs up to what we actually visually saw because yeah. he was out there in different lineups a lot and was just right. not playing well at all. Yeah. And I'll explain that. I'll answer your question. Santiago Aljama is a minus 16. Um, three of seven from uh, the field, two of six from deep. So mainly he shot one at the rim. Their biggest guy was Al Horford, who he's younger than, should be more fleet of foot. Uh, Grant Williams, who people compare to David Roddy, who is undersized, big man. He took one shot at the rim. Santi Aldama took one shot at the rim, one rebound. That was his issue. He was playing a completely different game than he normally does play but mainly the game that we needed him to play was the game that said hey Steven Adams is out we need someone to fill our big man role we're putting in Brandon Clark to be the center but actually on offense you can get down into the rim a little bit and on defense we need you to kind of be the guy who's getting a lot of the rebounds Brandon Clark did have seven or sorry eight total rebounds seven defensive rebounds which is good Um, he played okay he played fine Um, I have no problems with how Brandon Clark played uh, but yes. All right. I'll, I'll give you my reasoning about why plus minuses sometimes lie. And the reason is, is because I look at who do they play with? Ja and Dylan Brooks were most of the time coming in and playing together. So they, so usually what happens is you're, you're subbing somebody out early. And so they can make their way back to help out the second unit. And then when Ja comes back in they usually go out at some point and then resurface back in to end the quarter that's Bain's role that was Jaron Jackson's role uh, last year so Bain is is being more pushed into the second unit because they need a shot creator they need someone to score because Tyus Jones is not going to score that much uh, as well as the other people right they're rookies so they're putting in Bain a lot of times to go the second unit well Bain if you look at his plus minus Bain was a minus six and the reason that is, is probably he was somewhere in that 20-0 run that came from the Celtics. At some point, I would imagine he was in there because it happened early in the second quarter. And that was the reason they had a 37-point quarter. But Dylan Brooks was not in the game at that time. Does that mean that Dylan, you know, when he came in, he was the reason they were good? No, because he came in with Ja. Ja was the highest at a plus 14. And I think because you have Dylan that gets to play alongside Ja, he gets helped out from being on the court with your best player on your team. And so I think it's sometimes you got to be careful and who are they actually playing alongside of? And that usually will tell you why. Uh, I think it's warranted for Tyus Jones a little bit, but he had a minus 21 in 15 minutes. He was on that big 20-0 run, I would imagine, uh, as well as other runs, like where they just did not look good. And so, and he's not in the third quarter where the Grizzlies scored 31 points and the Grizzlies scored 34 points. He was not in the first and the third quarters more than two or three minutes at max. 
He was more in the second and the fourth. Second quarter, the Grizzlies scored 20 points. Fourth quarter, Grizzlies scored 21 points. Ja did not come in until the seven-minute mark when the Celtics went on a 7-0 run right before. When he came to the uh, to the check-in at the score table, literally the Celtics went on a 7-0 run to give them a five-point lead. The Grizzlies were up to sent Ja to the, the score table, and all of a sudden the Celtics go on a 7-0 run. So that's why I just want to explain a little bit of maybe looking at a box, box score and how to – think like, hey, it's not always this it's not always correct. Sometimes it's warranted, but sometimes it's not. Uh Baines is probably it's minus six. He was probably the second best player on the Grizzlies uh overall, uh outside of Jaw. Uh but anything do you have on the Grizzlies and how they played? Uh we don't want to get into your Jake LaRavia agenda just yet. Just hold off. That's coming. Uh, oh it is? That's it's gonna be coming. part of the docket today. All right. Yes, Jake LaRavia, the step back Jake is coming. Don't worry. But <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's talk. Finish up about the Grizzlies. Anything you liked or didn't like, and then we'll go with the Celtics, and then we're going to go to uh, step back Jake. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the game, to add on to the plus minus thing, like I said, box plus minus. Basketball reference is the one I use. Um, it always takes me a day to uh, to upload. Um, the games from before, so it doesn't refresh automatically like NBA does. But um, the box plus minus for that, you can find it in advanced on the advanced tab underneath the team. Um, and you scroll to the right, and if you see a negative, that's indicator of a bench player. And anything positive, like Jaws right now, last I checked, was like six point something. That's typically a guy that makes an all NBA team, that kind of number. Um, Bain is a little over four point something, which is usually an indicator of someone who makes an all-star team. Uh, everyone else, if you're a zero, you're basically a standard starter. Like you don't add, you're not negative. Um, but if you're at negative, like a negative two, like you're a six man, um, and you're a bad bench player and Dylan is a negative five right now. Mm. And this is early in the season. That's why I think it's interesting to, these are, they're huge swings early in the season. So you probably shouldn't really – if it's still minus three or four for Dylan when we get to January, there is a problem. Um, and he is just not adding anything to the basketball court when he's on the court. He is a net negative for this team. Um, so that's what I would kind of promote that everyone look at instead of going purely per game plus minus is just check on the box plus minus under advanced. Scroll all the way to the right, you'll see the negatives and positives. Um, but that's on basketball reference. But with the game itself, the reason I have the problem why I think Santi was the worst in the game is because the Celtics were targeting him. Yeah. Um, anytime they could get him in a screen and roll, get him to switch, it was ISO. And they could take him whenever they wanted. Um, so there's a lot of pull-up threes in his face. This is probably the reason why Santi didn't get any of his rebounds, like we all thought, is because he's on the perimeter guarding the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, switched on to Marcus Smart. Like, he's trying to have to guard these guys. Yeah. And so he just did not hold up defensively. He really hasn't held up defensively at all. Um, he's gotten, you know, everybody gets excited about a block, like a weak side block. That's mm -hmm. really all he's really added to this team is a every once in a while weak side block. Um, and when he's not hitting threes, which I know he hit like one or two tonight or last night. Um, yeah, I think he actually hit, yeah, two, two. 
Yeah, and like if that's all he's going to give you, there's a reason why against someone of the Celtics quality, like someone that's expected to make the finals, like someone that is the odds-on favorite, I believe, right now with the Bucks to win the NBA championship, it just is not going to like you can only do one thing and that's stand in the corner or stand around the perimeter and shoot threes. If you cannot, if you are one dimensional like that, you're going to be a negative for a team with the Grizzlies who's going, you know, obviously has plans to being a much better team to be in that kind of talked about um, air like the Celtics are. So that's kind of like my nitpick thing with Santi. Obviously with Steven, you miss the whole physicality. Um, you miss the defensive rebounding. I thought the Grizzlies really put on a good effort despite scoring 106 points. Um, like they didn't hold the Celtics to 109, but that was an underachievement for the Celtics. And I think a lot of that was just sheer force of will from the Grizzlies. Like they knew without Steven that they had to bring the physicality themselves. And you really saw that from the jump, I thought. Like, I, I, like I'll be honest, I was on the Celtics in this game. It's in a bad spot. Third game in four days after back-to-back, it's a slam dunk, right? We already saw it with the yeah. Mavericks. They lost by 40-plus. Um, I wasn't sure that they'd lose by 40-plus, but I knew it was more than likely going to be like an 8-12 to 12 point Celtics win. After the first quarter, I was nervous because <laughs> they really brought it. And they were really – this is the first time that I've really thought the the guys that were in were going all out. And I felt that about certain guys throughout the start of the season. But it was really kind of the first time when they got – like, it just seemed like they were really going for this one. Like, yeah. they wanted this one bad. They wanted to prove that they belong with a team who has dominated them in the past. Um, without their brute physical enforcer, right? Um, so I was actually impressed by the performance, even though it was 106 was their point scored and offense didn't look great, defense was bad at times, and Celtics went on huge runs, and that was the game. Um, I was actually – I thought it was encouraging for the Grizzlies to compete with a team that – is the odds-on favorite to win the finals. As injured as they are, as shorthanded as they are, and were able to put up a fight to where it was a one-point game and came down to Tatum making two free throws. And what happens if Jaw doesn't slip on the floor? I mean, it's a half-court shot heave, but to be in that position at all is, I think, a really good sign for when everybody comes back. Um, because if you're able to fight and come back from that and not give up, uh, most teams, like, just ask the Wizards. Like, they just gave up, right? Now, I know at the end they came back, but in that first half, they were done. Like, there was no fight in them. And the Grizzlies show fight. Now, if they get four key rotation players back with that same fight, the only way this team is not a top four seed in the West for me is the continual nagging injury problem. Um, if everybody's back, I to me, I, I don't know how it's not a top four team in the West. I just don't. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think they're really good. I think they can beat you in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, and, and realistically, like the Grizzlies, they did not play bad. Uh, they actually had nine more shot attempts um, and they had one extra offensive rebound uh, overall. So the Grizzlies were able to to get out and get some shots up um, and actually create better you know, offense like they had 15 turnovers and we had 11. So there, there's, you know, four of them right there. Um, the Grizzlies, they played well, much better than I ever would have imagined that they were going to play last night. Um, I, you know, we, we obviously had, uh, we bet both of us on the Celtics to win. Um, and so to say that we're not homers, uh, that you can, you can say my, my pocket, uh, always says that I will, I will be honest with myself and third game, four days on a back-to-back, uh, with a team coming in, that has got a day of rest. They were here the day before, uh, they were eating Gus's fried chicken. Uh, and so. <laughs> Uh, it, it was a game that I expected the Grizzlies to lose. And the fact that they played as well as they did uh, without Steve-O is big. Uh, looking through the box score, it is almost identical. Like the Grizzlies took seven more three-pointers and nine shots overall more. But if you look at the offensive rebounds, it was eight and seven. Rebounds uh, defensive, 37, 38, 45, and 45 total rebounds, uh, 27 assists, 26, 26 assists, 19. Uh, I don't care about the fouls. Uh, steals four to five, turnovers 11 to 15. Like it was one team shot 32.4% from three, the other shot 34.1% from three. One shot 45 overall, the other shot 46.3. Like literally, the game is identical on both sides. You did not have a chance where the Grizzlies, like, you know, rebounds are the biggest thing that pushed them over the edge. Like, you didn't have that. You didn't have that at all at advantage, which they normally do. And so, if you look at a team that's going to get back Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson Jr., Zaire Williams, I feel good. Because who won't you see in that game? You will not see David Roddy. You will not see Xavier Tillman. Uh, and honestly, unless somebody doesn't go hurt, I don't want to push your agenda for you, but you could <laughs> possibly not see Santi Aldama. Like, literally, like, that could be it. Like, you could actually have those three fill those roles. Uh, I don't know. I, I think this is going to be a long season. I don't want to get too far ahead of us, but the Celtics are good. Um, one thing that stuck out to me and I was making the, uh, I was trying to actually make the, uh, the meme, the Spider-Man meme, um, <laughs> Jalen Brown reminds me so much, so much of Dylan Brooks. Like they're a little crazy. They In shoot a lot. <laughs> like they shoot so many stupid shots. Like mm. just like, I, I was like, why is Jalen Brown, why, why is he doing that? He took 20 shots last night, one of six from deep, eight of 20 overall. He ended up with 21 points. But I know they need him to shoot. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, eight eight for 20 and six of 17 are very similar to me. One went 0 of 4 from three and one went 1 of 6 from three. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying that they're the same player because I like Jalen Brown so much more. But the stupid stuff that they both do, it literally just made me laugh. Like Jalen Brown has seven 
turnovers last night. Seven. That's what well, got I've, me. In. I, was, I was just like, God. I've never seen – well, maybe they weren't all exactly this, but I've never seen three offensive fouls in a player mm. where they were all using the guard hand, right, like the arm yeah. bar to keep the body off of them. And one of them was against John. He realized it was John, and he tried to pull it back at the last second. Yeah. He already made contact. Um, I I don't remember seeing that, where a yeah. guy got three offensive fouls, all driving to the basket, all trying to use that arm bar to create mm-hmm. space to keep the defender off of him. So that was a first for me. Because, uh, you know, Jalen Brown usually kills us. Yeah. Like, usually he's like a 35 to 40 against the Grizzlies because it's just a matchup. It's just a yeah. mismatch. And yeah. he was just not good tonight. And maybe you can point to that. So maybe that's why the reason the Celtics didn't blow us out when they might should have blown us yeah. out. Um, but I, I've got to give a lot of credit to the effort of the Grizzlies' wings for that, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We don't have elite elite size or speed on the perimeter to defend guys, but what they gave in that was a lot of effort, right? Like, and they run, they like to run a lot of scheme stuff, and their scheme worked pretty well. Like, it drew those offensive fouls and dumb plays. Um, And I mean, the Celtics, they shoot what? They shoot the most threes in the NBA or something like that. Um, Even though they didn't last night. They didn't last night. Yeah. And that's because they lived at the rim more because there's no right. rim protection. But a lot of that run was fueled off, driving in. A guy has to help the other guy. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, would you rather yield the three or give up a dunk to Jason Tatum? You know, like I would much rather see if Derek White can shoot me out of the game from three-point <laughs> line. <laughs> like right. it just is what it is. Right? You kind of have to pick your poison if you're not fully healthy. And yeah. so I think the Grizzlies sold – to the drive, even though the Celtics were still productive getting there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they hit just enough threes, and really it was kind of more so the free throws that kind of explains the margin a little better, which is yeah. which is odd because to me it's like, I don't know Josh's free throw attempts from last night, but it feels like with the past couple games, like he's just not getting calls anymore. Yeah, and nine. I don't know. Okay, he did have nine. It should have been like a James Harden 14 or 15 type game. Yeah. Because we, I I don't know what's going on with that. But there is something there to me where, yeah. like, he's not getting calls, like, consistently. And I don't understand what that is. Yeah, Tatum had 16 last night. Uh, the Celtics as a whole had 28 to the Grizzlies 14. Yeah. And so you can just look at that. You know, obviously they doubled them up and free throw attempts. That's really where it, it, it comes down to. Like there is no way that a smaller guard that's more explosive and jaw is getting less. I know they said that the that Al Horford was going straight up and whatever. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And because well, Horford, yeah. how many fouls did he have? He probably had two. Uh, Al Horford, two. Uh, he had one, one foul. Like Al Horford being at the rim, getting you know, jaw coming into him. I'm sorry, 
there's no way you get one foul call the whole entire game and however many minutes uh, Al Horford played, 32 minutes, that he had one foul and how much he yeah. can test at the rim. There's no way. That's just – I'm not saying they should call more fouls because he's jaw. I'm just saying because he gets up there and it, and honestly gets into the defender. But there's got to be some kind of call. There's got to be something. Like there's yeah. no way they're going straight up every time. But right. whatever. All right. <laughs> Enough about that. Uh, let's actually uh, give a little bit to our guy and the people who pay us. Is Zach Dorsey State Farm, where they treat you like family. Uh, if you need a rate quote of any sort, whether it be for home, auto, uh, boat insurance, jewelry insurance, mm. whatever you might need. Um, just go ahead and get the guys at Zach Jaworski State Farm a call. Let them know that the Grizz on one team sent you. You can call them at 901-459-4227 at ZachInsuresMemphis.com, Z-A-C-H, InsuresMemphis.com. Uh, just go in there. They're a great crew, great squad. I promise you they will make sure they take care of you. They will help you save you money. I promise. I am living proof of that. Uh, this is a testimony every time because literally I pay him every month. And I think I pay him less than I probably would others. So give him a call. Uh, offices in East Memphis and Collierville. Uh, but call the East Memphis location. It's their main office. It's 901-459-4227. Another thing I want to give a shout out to is our merch. We have new merch. This is the new but old design. The first one we did, uh, the only one that they've made. Uh, I have it. I didn't love it. So we changed it. I literally went back in there and we changed it. Um, but make sure you go if you want any Grizzly on one uh, merch. I like it. My wife actually wears it. My kids wear it. Uh, you can go to grindcitydesigns.com backslash Grizz901. That's grind, like the grit and grind, grindcitydesigns.com backslash Grizz901 and get your merch. I'm going to try to do something real quick. I don't even know if I can, but I'm going to do my best. Let's try it real quick. If you're on YouTube, hopefully this works. I think this might work. Let's see. Let's see, Ryan, if it works. I got to bring it in. Waiting. One second. Yep, one second. Oh. All right. There we are. We're in there somewhere, right? Okay, okay. Here we are. Here we are. All right. So if you're looking at Grind City Designs, uh, you should be able to see it. Uh, this is their website right so you just go to it and you just go to stores right and just click down if you didn't put in the right stuff just go down grizz 901 and it should pop up pretty easily for you um let it it's got to keep loading gotta keep loading give it a second uh i think it's loading no maybe not <laughs> so it's not loading because i gotta share <laughs> the other one why? Uh, Technical difficulties. It should work now. I'm. You gotta go straight to the site because I. <laughs> technical difficulties. All right, here we go. Here we go. We're back to it. Back to it. All right. So here it is. I shared the long page. Is what it was. Um, mm. And so, do you see it moving down? Yes. Okay. So that's our logo. Obviously, uh, we, we, we add some lettering, uh, some borders around the, the G, the Grizz, 901, uh, added more white to it. Uh, so I don't know if this is the first time you're seeing the new logo. I don't think I sent it to you. How do you like it? Does it look better? Yeah, I like it a lot. 
I did before. Uh, and, yep. Well, so do I, but it was just too <laughs> big. Like it was yeah. too big. Uh, my favorites. Uh, Let me get a pocket tee. Got pocket tee yeah, on I, there. Listen, that's, that's the next thing. We got hoodies. We got shirts. We're going to do a pocket tee. Uh, and here's the youth ones. They're really cool. Um, this is the white one. I think looks really good. I have a yellow. My, uh, I think they had a yellow one uh, at one point. See, it looks pretty good. Looks good. Um, but oh, yeah, my favorite one. Two hundred dollars. Twenty two dollars. Oh. or twenty five, depending on what 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 you like. Uh, if you want to spend <laughs> a little bit more, the white shirts. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to tell everybody like uh, we're we're doing. You know, this is an info info commercial. Uh, if you're on um, the podcast, I apologize. But the white ones, they look so good. I think it pops really good with the with the logo. So, anyway, all right, we're gonna stop sharing. We're gonna get back to uh, the content. But make sure you go get some uh, go get some merch. Uh, shirts are like twenty five or twenty two. Uh, we do have hoodies, hats. Uh, we have koozies. Uh, we're gonna probably add a pocket tee at some point. I think it looks uh, really cool, um, and obviously you just requested it, so we'll make sure we get that on there. But uh, just go to grindcitydesigns.com backslash grizz901. All right, this is what everybody's been waiting for. That boy be hooping. Step back, Jake. Have you ever heard him? That boy be. Have you heard him say that? No. I have not. So he was a uh, so he was in an interview, and I think it uh, somehow it came out, and he said, "Yeah, that boy be hooping." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I refer to him as "that boy be hooping" now because that's literally <laughs> what he always says. Um, all right, so step back, Jake. Uh, Jake Laravia had a beautiful step back last night. I know we both I think commented on it via text, uh, but you wanted to start the agenda. Yeah. And I, this is this is the worst time for Santi Aldama to be in this agenda <laughs> right now because he is uh, he is on the struggle bus last night. He did not have a good good game. Man, we had Black Lives Matter talking. Big Jake from Wake, make him shake. Man, shimmy little, little shake. If he could get the shake, it'd be the Jake shake. Oh my God! Uh, listen. There's only there's, we, can, we can we can do this all all day. I'm a dad. I'm gonna give dad jokes, so I love them, but I'm probably not gonna uh, probably be good for the the rest of everyone else. Uh, but you want to talk about Jake Laravia starting over Sanchal Dama? You I better do. give me a caveat because are you talking about right now? Yes. Very moment. Yes, right now. Yeah, I would start. I think Sanchal Dama only plays because he's six eleven. Um, and that's like, I, I, I don't understand why now you pointed out that he's had injury and that's totally fair. Um, there's a hip issue. Jake does. Yeah. So he had hip soreness or whatever that means. Um, but obviously he has issues defensively where he can't stop fouling. Like, and that's just a rookie issue. Right. But the positive that he brings on the offense, I think outweighs more than his potential foul trouble issues. Um, He is more connective of an offensive player to this team than Santi is. Santi is good in a very specific role, right? Like, 
guard the we- one of the weaker offensive players on the team, get us a defensive rebound off the weak side, you know, help um, weak side defense. Jake can do all of that. He's not a shot blocker, but we've seen he can rebound. Um, he competes on defense still more than Santi does, I think. He's just foul prone, and he's a better three-point shooter, and he can actually dribble and pass. Um, so I, I'm not saying that Jake's going to be a starter, you know, when everybody comes back. I certainly don't think that. But I want to start the agenda now that I think that depending on what happens with Dylan Brooks, I think Jake is the very obvious candidate to be the starter in a year or two. Um, depending on what happens with Dylan. And it might come to a point in a year or two if Dylan is back where I would rather have Jake start over Dylan Brooks. Um, So I'm not trying to kick Santi while he's down. If you have, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm not, I'm not super active unless it's a Grizzlies game. Um, But I have been perplexed why Roddy has been playing over Jake. Makes no Mm -hmm. sense at all to me. Um, and I have wanted more minutes for Jake, and I think that he should start for Santi because he is, he just keeps the offensive move, the offense moving. Santi catches the ball, the offense stops. It's done. You have to wait four to five seconds for Santi to decide what he's going to do. Jake knows what he's going to do before he gets it, Right. Like, he can read the defender closing out to him. Well, I'll take this one dribble, draw another guy kick. Or, okay, they're going to close out, I'm going to shoot. Or I'm going to drive all the way to the basket. I'm going to make this backdoor cut. Um, And I just think that continuity, there we go, continuity of offense is much more important for this group than someone who is three inches taller, per se, um, and is theoretical a better um, role fit, I guess you could say, for Santi, right? Like he's like the prototypical 6'11 Euro player that's supposed to be able to shoot, you know? Um, I just think Jake's offense is much more additive. And I'm like, I cannot wait for when everybody comes back, I'm dying for a lineup of Jaw, Bain, Zaire, Jake, and Triple J. Um, I don't know how you guard it. Like, literally. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, the only player that is a ball stopper in that lineup is Jaw when he goes (laughs) one-on-one. But you want Jaw to go one-on-one, and it's Zaire. Like, it's the best offensive five lineup that we've got. Um and it could also play defense, right? So yeah. I I want everyone to get back healthy because that's the lineup I most want to see right now with this Grizzlies team. So big fan of Jake. I thought he was for real after seeing him in Summer League, just for that one game where he lit it up and then he just sold the rest of Summer League. Um I'm a big fan of Jake, and I think he is more additive to this team. When he's not in foul trouble, but he's going to foul a lot. Yeah. So that's just kind of the thing with Jake. Like, he is. If you move him to that starter role, he's probably going to have three or four fouls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. But, okay, so 
hear me out this. Okay, so last night was different. Steve-O was not in the game. Uh, but the first guy off the bench was Jake LaRavia at the 650 mark. He came in for Santiago Dama. All right, so let's say Steve-O is there, and Steve-O plays pretty much with Ja on a consistent basis. Like They go in and out together majority of the time, uh, maybe Steven a little bit earlier, depending on foul trouble or the time of the game, or if you want to push Ja a little bit longer uh, in a quarter or towards the end of a quarter, whatever. Um, but for the most part, you see, you see those two guys paired up. What I would like to see when Steven gets back and he's healthy and everything's normal and they don't have two bigs. If it's like you're playing Cleveland, I would say we might want to have uh, Aldama out there on Mobley, even though Mobley, I think, is going to take him to the rack. I think Aldama being long and able to block shots better, I think he's very much a key asset to this team. So outside of them having two bigs that are really good, I would love to see Jake coming in about the eight-minute mark. Okay? Maybe the – maybe – he was pretty much seven minute mark last night, six fifty. So around the eight minute mark, you get Santi Aldama coming out of the game, Jake going in. Well, then you have your lineup that you like. And this is all predicated on Jaron Jackson Jr. not being here. When he gets here, obviously everything will change. But Jake comes in, and then you have that lineup. But what that does is it allows Aldama to come back in because he can come in towards the end of the quarter, into the, the last four minutes of that quarter. And who does he come in with? He comes in with Tyus Jones. That allows him to be then your backup center at, on that lineup. But also, he can play alongside of a guy like Brandon Clark. I think he, I think he can space it out for Brandon Clark. Okay, So I think all that works good. I think that allows Jake to spread the floor a little bit with Ja who gives him another shooter, even though Adama's been shooting. But I think that gives you more size and and keeps off a guy like Xavier Tillman. You have no need for him anymore because Adama, he (laughs) is your backup center, right? And so I think then then that's when at that point you're bringing in Adama in the last four minutes uh, out for Steven Adams. And I think that's an easy transition. And then towards the end of the game, if you need a big, you go back towards the Santi Adama, towards the stretch. Uh, just like they do, they sub out Bain and subbing back in in the fourth uh, to make a good stretch run. I think you can do the same thing with Aldama, or you can transition into Jake if you need more shooting. I think that would make complete sense. But once Jaron gets back here, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it, it's that's a move going because yeah. I, I guess the best way I can say it is Santi is situational. Jake is mm-hmm. every day. Jake is every day. Um, yeah. And to me, I would much rather invest playing time in someone like Jake, who I know can be but an 82-game player for me. Santi has been good, though, all year. He's been fine. But he's he's not a guy that I think is an every-night player. And we've seen mm-hmm. that. If he's not hitting two threes, he's useless. So yeah. even when Jake's not hitting threes – He's driving, he's kicking, he's keeping the ball moving. It doesn't stop. There's more activity. Uh, when, when Santi gets it, the offense is done. Like, the offense stops. Yeah. Everyone waits to see what Santi does. And most of the time, it's to go bail him out because he has to start dribbling. Uh, so, for me personally, like, I'm not, like, I'm really not trying to pile on Santi. Like, that's not, like, 
I, I agree with you 100%. He has an important role for this team moving forward, and especially yeah. in the playoffs. Like, you're going to have to have really good Santee rotation minutes in the playoffs. That You're going to have to have it. But for me personally, if you're still looking at long-term for this team, which is what this front office and this coaching staff has always said, I would much rather invest 24 to 28 minutes into Jake than I would into Santee. That's just mm. personally. Because yeah. um, I just think I he is more additive. I think he is more additive overall to the potential of this team than what Santee is, who I think is a situational rotation role player. And that's a ceiling to me. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. I, I, I think Jake is obviously the much better player. Um, all in all, Santi has taken huge steps. Like the steps sure, that yeah. he could take, if he took this pass off season, if he doubles that, like in, in, in compound, like keeps it going next off season, the offseason of that Santi could be the backup big. That would make a guy like, Brandon Clark expen- uh, expendable because Brandon Clark can't stretch. Yeah. But he is good at what he does. And that, and that's what I like about Brandon Clark. He's finding his zone. He's being good at what he's good at. He just got paid. He's not making tons of money with this new uh, labor agreement. That's going to come. The, the amount of money that's going to be allowed to be paid to these guys is going to be crazy. So these contracts are going to be small uh, compared to what's going to be coming. And so right. getting a guy like Brandon Clark on the contract he's at, it's great. John Conchar is just laughable how, how much he's not getting paid compared to other people. Uh, but it also <laughs> re- gives you a reason. Like John Conchar is situational completely. He's going to come in he's going to do some things and he's going to obviously be a winning player. But if it's not like the right time, if he's not, if it's not working all for him, you can, you can not play and you can play your other guys. I think he's a guy that doesn't need a lot of time. He can come in and affect the game, hit a couple shots, make a couple plays, and I think that's how he affects the game. He needs 15 minutes a night, and I think he's a good a good player. Uh, but I, all in all, I, I do like it. I, I do like your Jake agenda. Um, we're not piling on Santi. Santi's played well all no. season. He had a bad game. This isn't about last night. Okay. No. No. I, and, I, and I know that I just want to preface that to people who think that we might be piling on on having a bad game and you're coming for his head. No, no, this is Overall. not a Dylan. This is not Dylan situation to where no. he has a good game. There's one side that says C and then he has a bad game. The other side says C like, this is not yeah. that situation. <laughs> right. No, I agree. I agree completely. Uh, all right. That's all we have. Ryan, do you have anything else? I don't. I, uh, well, actually, do you want to mention anything about the Spurs game? Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Hit on it real quick. It's Wednesday. Uh, we are yeah. going to have the podcast. Um, it was oh, going to be okay. Nate. It's going to be Nate, Nate and I on Thursday. So oh, okay. the game, the game is tomorrow. Let's go ahead and hit on the Spurs game. I know you have some content about that. So uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I don't want to spend too long since we're about to wrap up. So I don't want to add another 15 minutes, but um, <laughs> this is a really interesting Spurs team to me. And any team that, like, just ask the Utah Jazz, ask any team that doesn't have a star but a bunch of C-plus, B-minus players that share the basketball can win a decent amount of games in the NBA. And you've seen that from the Spurs already. So 
I think the Grizzlies will win. Like all indications point to me that this is a 12 plus point victory. Like Mm. I should say this, there's no middle to me, like 55 plus percent or whatever of NBA games land on the, you know, three to eight point range. Um, To me, this is a 12 plus win or it's down to the wire. Like the Celtics game, Like this is, a completely inverse. Like I think the Grizzlies could be the Celtics in this scenario and the Spurs be the Grizzlies, right? Like big run, go up by double digits. And then there's a late run by the Spurs to make it close at the very end. Like I could see that. Then I could also see the Grizzlies running off on this team. And that is really hinged upon two players for the Spurs. And that's Kelton Johnson and Devin Vassell. Um, Devin Vassell is basically a three point shooter. So if you're a props person, be looking at his three-point numbers. Um, if both of those guys are going, the Spurs might win because mm-hmm. Kelton has been playing really well too. He's a three-point shooter now, um, and he's driving to the basket and finishing. So he is a really dangerous player. I expect Dylan to guard him. Be interested to see how Kelton deals with physicality because he hasn't really played a physical defender yet. So we'll see if that throws him off at all. But the Spurs play a – there is no selfishness on this team. Um, yeah. And a team that is willing to move the ball side to side and whoever shoots it, like that's a dangerous team, right? And right. these are still NBA players, even though ex- everyone expects them to tank going for win by Nyama, you know. Um, this is a dangerous team early because they're still trying. <laughs> uh, yeah. When the injuries start to hit, that's when they'll kind of fall off. But – Early in the season, like, this is the best the Spurs will probably be all year. And this is the time where you, they can really catch you. I mean, that back-to-back loss to the Jazz can't be explained, right? Injuries and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Jazz not playing. He's sick, you know. Um, that can be explained. This one can be explained, too, but it is a danger spot. So yeah. I don't want the Grizzlies to think it's the Spurs, and I don't think they will. But this is an interesting team that could put up a good fight against the Grizzlies. Um, But it is mainly two guys and they're not stars, but if they get going, if they get going, it's going to be an interesting one. So it's feast or famine with this game. I don't think it's a six point win by the Grizzlies. I think it's a 15, 18 point win by the Grizzlies or a one to three point win by the Grizzlies. Yeah, the Spurs team is obviously they're you know they're frisky man. It's crazy. They're uh, five and six on the year. Um, they're right there in the middle of the thick of things. They've been playing well. Um, like there's like what they have is just going to be like if they can get hot, they can win a game. If they're yeah. if they're not hot, they're not going to win. Uh, they're not going to do anything that's going to wow you. They're just going to play good Spurs basketball. Um, and they're going to, they're literally a bunch of role players that are put into position to flourish. Uh, question on that. There's a guy that came out and said, um, is it Devin Vassell? Is it Vessel? Yeah. Vassell? Vassell? I, I think it's Vassell. Is. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Devin Vassell. Um, he said that he would, if there's a redraft, he would, he would draft Devin Vassell over Desmond Bain and Tyrese Maxey. Even now. <laughs> sure. I assume he's a Spurs fan. No, he's not. He said that he literally had a Vassell higher than Bain and Maxi, and then now looking at their his defensive metrics, 
are so yeah. much higher than the other two and that his offensive metrics are they have potential to be just as good if not higher than both of those other two players um would you agree no of course not now i'm not as high on tyrese maxi as most people yeah i think maxi is i think he's a good player um yeah I certainly wouldn't rank Vassell higher than both of those. You can maybe argue with me that eventually maybe Vassell is better than Maxi. Um, but certainly I don't see that particularly. Um, yep. So, yeah, I wouldn't draft him over both of those players. I definitely wouldn't do that. But he is a good player. And that's the yeah, whole yeah. problem with what everybody wants to draft. It's just because they want to say they would take this guy. You know, um, all three can be good players. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be because you called it, so you win. Um, yeah. I think all three are going to be really good players for a long time. But I certainly, if I were redrafting teams, or if I was redrafting a class, I don't think anybody in their right mind, no, we know right now, would take Vassell over those two. No, I, and I agree with that. Um, uh, something, if you're looking at, um, with a guy like Desmond Bain, only two players in NBA history have a career average of 42, 42 plus percent from the three point line on five plus attempts per game. One of them is Steph Curry. The other Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is so good. Uh, I want to bring up Devin Vassell because Spurs versus Grizzlies, I'm going to do whatever I can to push this agenda from this guy um, <laughs> because I want whatever this Tuesday day is where people are out. They, they left the NBA off uh, so people can get out and vote and do their thing. Uh, I want people to understand that I'm pushing the agenda. So Desmond Bain sees it somehow, yes. maybe on the flight. And absolutely. he absolutely obliterates whoever this Devin fella is. He um, should be matched up against him. Like, honestly, like I expect Dylan to guard. I, I expect Dell and the guard Kelvin and Bain to guard Vassell. Yeah, well, we're going to go Bain, Vassell. Um, I'm going to start on the artwork. I'm going to try to figure something out. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to push this agenda. I have uh, over 24 hours to do it, so we're going to do whatever we can um, to push that. So uh, yeah. I, I'm excited. I, I think the Spurs team is feisty. I think they're good. I think the Grizzlies sh- you know, should win. Uh, I hope they're not looking past a Friday night matchup potential. Potential with their, with their future teammate Anthony Edwards. Man, don't oh. I saw that? I liked it, <laughs> but I kept it moving. I didn't want to spend too much time. Uh, people are rumoring Jaron Jackson could be returning that game. I don't know why. Mm. I, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe yeah, he's ready. I don't know. Let's bring him back off a foot injury and play Rudy Gobert. And that's Carly's that's what I'm thinking. Makes that's no what sense. I'm thinking. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't make sense to me either. But people are saying it, so I'm going to see what happens. Uh, but I hope not, uh, because I, it's not the game I want him coming back on uh, when sure, you're having yeah. a beat, you know, beat up with him. But uh, really, he's pretty much on the on the perimeter guarding Carl Anthony Towns, not Rudy Gobert, because Steve-O should be back. Uh, and as long as Steve-O's back, I feel good about this. Uh, this week, uh, Wednesday and Friday night games, uh, you're going to have the Spurs on Wednesday at 7, and then the uh, Friday night matchup against the Timberwolves. Uh, which Anthony Edwards just eats us alive most games. So hopefully he's uh, just standing at the three-point line, just hanging out, right? Just Maybe he'll dunk in this game. <laughs> Has he still not dunked this year? 
<laughs> I don't know. I have no clue about that. Uh, but that's all we have. Anything else you have before we get out of here? No, I'm very excited for tomorrow. It's be yep. seven and four, or seven three, whatever we are. Yeah, could be. Uh, I think could be the opposite. Yeah, I think we're seven and four, I believe. Uh, anyway, uh, but make sure you get a chance to uh, to check out the other podcasts that are going to be on our Grizz 901 kind of podcast network, in a sense. Uh, we're trying to bring you more content than just me. So instead of me doing it, we're going to make sure we have our shows on Tuesday with Ryan, Thursday with Nate, and then Monday it should be coming out, which is the No Bluffing podcast uh, by those three, which is Luke... Nicole and Chris, uh, they're doing a very good job. Uh, we could have more coming to join our Grizz Not One family. Uh, we could have another podcast joining soon. Uh, we're in the works of talking about it. Uh, but the No Bluff crew asked a question, Ryan. I want you to give me one answer, one word answer. Yes or no. That's it. Yes or no. Desmond Bain, all-star this year. Yes. Yes, I like it. That's all we have. Let's get out of here. What else do we do? We be nice and tell your friends.